Welcome to Satisfied, a podcast hosted by me, Ashley Pardo. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, business coach, and former private chef. Satisfied is all about finding fulfillment, confidence, and peace in your body, business, mental health, relationships, and life. If you're an introspective, deep, and sensitive woman, Satisfied is for you. I'm so grateful you're here. Now let's get into the show. Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning into the show today as always. I first wanted to say thank you for everybody's messages about the podcast I did this Monday about my dad. And I'm just grateful that you all are interested in his story and in my own process of grief. We are back into the swing of things now. Um, Back to work, you know, doing all of the normal things, which has actually been helpful. I'm so grateful to my clients because I went back to Voxer this week and everybody was like, why are you messaging me? (laughs) Go away. Like, don't, why are you here? (laughs) You shouldn't be back yet. But it's honestly helpful for me to work and it feels nourishing. And it's also what my dad would have wanted. He wouldn't have wanted any of this to slow me down. Um, So I will continue to share about my own process of grief and also some thoughts I have sort of about what happens after death. Um, I've had just some thoughts about that. I've particularly been talking to one friend of mine who lost her grandmother, who was the closest person to her about a year ago. And we've just been kind of talking about like signs and connection and stuff like that and even receiving strength, which is what I have felt through this. So I will share more and share my process. Um, What we have coming up right now is my strength training program, six weeks, six week program. The waitlist is open for it right now. It won't actually launch to the waitlist until September, about mid-September, but still happening, still so excited about it. And I shared on Instagram that I that my body fat went down to 21%. My maintenance calories are up and I also weigh less because of all of the muscle that I have and because of my metabolic rate increasing, burning more calories at rest and you know, having a body that kind of runs like an engine that happens through muscle and it happens through strength training. So I can't wait to share that with you. Uh, Four days a week workouts, two upper body days, two lower body days. Uh, The workouts are anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour and they're fun. They're not like bodybuilding where you just have to do straight sets. You're going to sweat a little bit. They are progressively overloaded and you will get results most importantly. So let's get into the show today. 
And we're going to be discussing the window of tolerance. And I'm going to try to keep this episode pretty succinct because entire books have been written on this topic. And I think that you can, I don't think that you need to read a book about it. I will put one resource in the show notes, a book called Widen the Window. And I will also share an Instagram post that I did a couple weeks back about the window of tolerance, which was very, very, very well received. You all loved it. And this concept about the wind of tolerance is life changing. It is truly one of the most important tools I use daily. And I also use it to help my clients uh, make change. So if we just define what the window of tolerance is, it was developed by a psychologist named Dr. Dan Siegel. And the window of tolerance is defined as the optimal zone of arousal in which a person would be able to function with day-to-day stress most effectively. So think of the window of tolerance as like you feeling relaxed, feeling in control, you have good function, you're able to take on, you know, what we would consider normal challenges. You feel like you're in a balanced mental state. You feel regulated. You feel good. You feel solid. If you are somebody who has experienced trauma, who is predisposed to anxiety or high stress, it might be more difficult to stay in the zone. And I think we've all experienced at the very least little t trauma in some way. And if you are a sensitive person, your nervous system is going to be more sensitive as well, meaning that you are already more predisposed to being more affected by external stimuli. Now, the window of tolerance is also why it's very difficult to change, especially from a nutrition or an exercise perspective, because most of us lean towards intense methods. We go from where we are right now in our reality to something that's completely different, thinking that we're going to sustain that change for life. That is the typical progression of like embarking on a nutrition or a fitness journey. Let me do a 75 hard. Let me do a whole 30. Let me do something that's super intense. That's going to give me quick results, something like a crash diet or something because our brains really like that. And the thing is that going from where you are right now to immediately a whole different reality where you have to change everything, it's going to take you out of that comfortable zone. Now, the point isn't stay, isn't to stay in the zone, and I'll talk about how we can widen the window, which is the entire point of growth and, and how growth happens. But when you go from one reality to a completely different reality overnight, you're going to get into a dysregulated state. And when I say get into a dysregulated state, That means, obviously, that we are outside of our window of tolerance. So think of your window of tolerance like a fixed range at any point in time. It is not fixed forever, but at that in your moment right now in your reality, your window of tolerance has a certain specific range. And the way that we widen it is by exposing ourselves slowly to stimuli that would allow us to widen the window. Now, it has to be an appropriate dose of growth. It can't be this huge thing because then outside of the window tolerance, you're going to go into dysregulation. 
And that can happen in two ways, either hyper arousal. Remember the window of tolerance is a zone of optimal arousal. You might go into hyper arousal, which is fight and face. So essentially you would have a trauma response. Uh, you attack, challenge. This looks like anxiety, panic, fear, hypervigilance. You get defensive, you're angry or hypo arousal. So hyper arousal is like heightened, right? Hypo arousal is lower than that, right? It's <clears throat> when we flight or we freeze. So we run or we hide, we comply or we surrender. This is when we numb, there's no feelings, there might be a lack of energy. So it's really high. The response could be the dysregulation could be, you know, heightened or like something that puts you in that hyper state or something that you go into more of a slowed down state, which is essentially what the word hypo means, hypo and hyper. So this is, you probably have examples in your life right now that you've thought of that have either happened with a diet, that have happened with you um, being too emotional about something. Not that you can be too emotional, but <clears throat> you something happened that gave you a response in your body, which is normal, and it took you outside of your window into a window of tolerance, meaning that you are going to have one of these reactions. And what happens in these reactions is that you can't really do anything. It doesn't really, it doesn't actually widen the window because you go outside of the range and it doesn't actually help you, right? We can see this in so many different ways. It's, I think of one big example of feeling feelings and the fact that if you have a pattern in your life of something that you do in order to numb or distract, now this isn't like conscious avoidance or conscious distraction, like I love my Bravo and I do scroll social media sometimes, but if you have something that you repeatedly do in order to avoid something else, for example, if you come home at the end of the night and you're tired and you like hit a bag of pretzels because you can't, there's something that you're trying to avoid. You're trying to avoid that feeling because it's outside of your window of tolerance. So you have something in place of that to sort of soothe you. Now I will do a podcast episode about distraction skills, distress tolerance, opposite action, which are also really important for uh, food, especially. This could also be, you know, not only for the range is not only for discomfort and stress, like levels that go out <clears throat> outside of the window, it could also be for pleasure and success. So many people have fear of success or fear of being seen, or they don't allow themselves to eat a certain food or even have a desire for food because they, they've never allowed themselves to experience that feeling of pleasure and presence. So it's uncomfortable. Like for example, if you let's say you really like a donut, but you don't allow yourself to eat it. And you, when you do, you don't allow yourself to be present as a result of that. You might have a trauma response there and eat the whole thing because you're hyper aroused, you're outside of your tolerance. So again, this doesn't mean that we have to stay here forever. And the, the examples aren't only with feelings and food and business, also with relationships. Obviously, there's something here too where you might be scared of getting into a relationship or having a healthy relationship and it puts you outside of your window of tolerance as a result because you have to sort of face that these feelings of like 
Is somebody going to love me? Is somebody going to hurt me? Again, this is a different example, but it also happens with things like strength training, where your nervous system is not used to you expending as much energy as you do for certain movements or a certain level of strength. You have to go to the edge of that window and show your body and your nervous system that it's safe to go there. For example, the level to which I push myself now in my strength training, I often talk about like going to the dark place. That is much different than when I first started. I slowly exposed myself to levels of discomfort that I hadn't had before. And I showed my body and my brain and my nervous system, most importantly, that it was safe to go there. So slowly I touched the edge of the window and I began to widen it. Now I can really put myself in situations where, you know, I call upon strength in my body that is very, 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 very far beyond where I first started. I always give the example of like doing a pull up and the amount of force that it takes that you have to um, create in your body that you have to like muster up in your body in order to create that movement. I had no idea what it took, but you really have to go to your edge in order uh, to get there. And practically, the way that this looks, if you're trying to make a change, is instead of doing what is our own human nature, which is to want to go from A to Z or zero to 60 or whatever it is, is to take small steps. This is oftentimes why I talk so much about taking tiny and tolerable steps because you will widen the window by consistently pushing the edge and having a change that feels tolerable to your system. So for example, in your eating, the first step could be, instead of going straight to like a 75 hard, the first step could be, let me take an inventory of my food and see and look at what I'm doing so that I can actually see what is happening and I can make a change and I can bring awareness. From there, maybe you increase your protein a little bit. From there, maybe you add in two fruits and vegetables. From there, you start eliminating perhaps some of the processed foods that you're eating. From there, maybe you start tracking your macros. You get more consistent there. You get more specific and then you get the specific results that you want. Uh, Same thing happens if you are an emotional eater. Let's say that you are an emotional eater and your emotions are, you know, way too difficult to tolerate in your body and you get dysregulated when you allow yourself to feel them. Maybe you feel your emotions for one minute and you literally set a timer and say, I'm going to show myself that it is safe to feel my emotions for one minute. And maybe the next day you do two minutes then four minutes, then 10 minutes, then maybe an hour, then maybe three hours. And you see, I mean, it's not going to take that long for feelings because those usually don't last for, you know, more than 20 minutes. But the point is that we are slowly widening the window. We are reaching tolerable levels of discomfort. You widening your window is going to be contingent upon how willing you are to expose yourself to those levels of discomfort. But it has to be like, just a tiny dial move versus this giant dial move. And then your system gets used to this. And then you can continue widening. You can continue exposing yourself to new levels that will be unrecognizable to you. And the thing is that this allows you to be consistent. This allows you to actually make change. And if you're thinking to yourself, well, I don't want to go that slowly. 
It's, you know, that's so boring. I want you to ask yourself, what change have you ever made that has lasted by doing something intense? This is why we go on the, you know, on the roller coaster of diets, of new plans. We can't stick to anything because it's too much. Even doing something good for you might be outside of your window, but this is why we go step by step and little by little. And I promise you that over time, you will create massive changes. Even if I use myself as an example, the amount of discomfort that I can tolerate now and know that I am okay is a completely different reality than I could before. Discomfort in many, many ways, mental discomfort, physical discomfort, you know, like strength training or running or whatever it is, even like building a business, an online business that is massively (laughs) uncomfortable and exposing yourself to new levels. And if we just give an example there, it would be, you know, you start without doing anything, obviously, if you're just starting, and then you start with maybe doing an Instagram post without your face, then you do that for a little bit, then you might put a selfie up, then you maybe put a video up, then maybe you do an Instagram live, then you get really consistent with those things. You know, when I first started my business, putting up an Instagram post or doing an Instagram or Facebook live, like it made me made me nauseous. Putting up my first free product or my first, yes, my first like free course shout out to anybody who joined uh, Food Freedom School in 2018, like nauseous thinking of how many people were going to sign up. Now I can do that like the back of my hand and it's no big deal because I have exposed myself to these levels of discomfort. And mostly I have shown myself, and this is just a matter of the nature of the nervous system, that I will not die if I expose myself to these levels, because sometimes our brains will convince us like, this is so uncomfortable. I actually might die if I do this. I actually might die if I don't eat this food right now because I'm so emotionally dysregulated. I actually might die if I do this Instagram live or I have a difficult conversation with somebody close to me that I don't want to have. So we have to start sort of relaying back and thinking of how what we've done in the past perhaps hasn't worked and why it hasn't worked because you're outside of the window, you become dysregulated, which means that you're kind of, in a sense, useless to change at that point. Or we honor, by using the window of tolerance, it really is an honoring and a reverence to our bodies and our brains and honoring the natural rhythms and and pace that it works at. Over time, again, you don't go from A to Z, you go from A to B. And that might be what the widening of the system looks like. So wherever you're trying to make a change, can you create a really tolerable step to make it happen? Can you create just a really tiny thing, like 10% over what you're doing right now, 20% over, even if you want to, uh, and show yourself that you can do it, that you are safe in that place. So that way over time, you can expose yourself to these bigger levels and in time you will have a completely new reality. We can also look at things within the window to help us stay regulated things that I talk about, you know, pretty frequently, you know, having awareness, identifying emotions, like becoming aware of your distress level, sort of being able to recognize, am I dysregulated right now? Am I, does my body feel unsafe? And then try to go 1% out of that range. So 
you know, we have other tools like mindfulness, uh, using brain chemicals to increase happiness. You know, dopamine would be something like lists and tasks that you can check off, things that are productive. And if you want to know more about dopamine, you can listen to that episode about hack your dopamine and get more done. I will put it in the show notes as well. Oxytocin, which is physical touch or music. We know what that feels like. Serotonin, sunshine or cold shower. Um, Endorphins, exercise. Um, Things like, you know, building resilience, grounding, meditating, breathing, exercise, um, really having those practices be a consistent part of your life because those are things that are going to help you become more emotionally agile, become more physically agile and um, physically and mentally prepared to handle things. And I am a big believer in general for exposure therapy, really exposing yourself to the things that you're scared of. Because if you don't, obviously in a window of tolerance way, right, little by little, because if not, I think we really, um, what is the word that I'm looking for? <laughs> Perpetuate a story that we are fragile and we sort of create a self-fulfilling prophecy where we tell ourselves, oh, I can't do that. It's too scary. And we talk ourselves out of so many things that we want to do just because we want to take this big step. Like, of course, we're going to feel that way. Of course, it's going to feel uncomfortable to us to, you know, to do those things. So think of something that you might be going through right now or something that you want to change so that you can consistently make your body and your brain and your mo- your own mind an environment that you feel comfortable in. And again, I just want to reiterate that like I am a completely different person than I used to be. Completely if you knew me 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I, I have a whole different reality. And it was through these practices that happened, um, you know, little by little, that really allows for these bigger changes and you becoming present, you becoming willing to feel those little bits of discomfort are going to be the key to help you continue to get through these things. So I'm going to wrap up the episode right now. Uh, We have guest podcasts coming up. I am so excited. Uh, We have more topics, uh, more obviously things that we're going to be covering, which are topics. (laughs) Um, But thank you all again for listening. Uh, If you have a question or something that you want me to answer, just go ahead and send me a DM on Instagram at Ashley K. Pardo. You can also, I would be so, so grateful if you did this because we haven't had a review since March. If you left a five-star review, please. Um, If you want to leave a four-star review, fine. Um, Again, everybody is free to, to rate however they want, but I would be so grateful. Thank you so much for listening to Satisfied. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram where I post content every single day at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoyed the show, I'd super appreciate it if you left a rating and a review on iTunes and or Spotify. If you have a question that you want to be answered on the show or you just want to say hi, send me a DM on Instagram. I love hearing from and connecting with you because you're the whole reason that I do the show. 
I hope that you find satisfaction wherever you are right now.